Compliance Clarified, a podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Compliance Clarified, a podcast for practitioners in the risk and compliance community from Thomson Reuters. I'm Nathan Lynch, Asia Pacific Manager for Regulatory Intelligence, and it's a great privilege to be with you today for this discussion. Now, financial services firms in the Asia-Pacific region have been shocked out of their complacency in the past year, with scams, frauds, and other cyber-related crimes surging to the top of the organisational risk league table. In Australia alone, we've seen consumers reporting a record $3 billion in losses last year, which is up from $850 million just two years earlier. It's an enormous increase, and things don't seem to be improving. The rapid pivot to digital financial services and non-face-to-face business during the pandemic has been cited as a major driver for this trend. And we've also seen the economic turmoil in developing economies across the region playing a major role, with vulnerable people being more likely to be recruited into cybercrime or online fraud syndicates. Now today, I'm happy to say that we're discussing this complex area with Helen Chan, a lawyer and regulatory risk expert with Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence in Hong Kong. Helen, great to have you here with us. Hi Nathan, great to be here. The pleasure's all ours. So Helen, can you tell us this recent surge in hacks and ransomware, it's been particularly challenging for organisations in the financial services sector who find themselves at the nexus of these issues due to the amount of money involved. So what are the key lessons for risk and compliance teams? The category of cyber attacks and cyber crime is actually really, really broad. And I think that is also part of the challenge when it comes to compliance planning. Um, As you mentioned, ransomware is an issue and also things like data theft and subsequent data leaks. Um, Another issue is also financial scams that affect uh, retail clients and retail consumers of banks. Um, This has been a growing problem in some of the Asian financial hubs. Um, You mentioned that in Australia, banks and also consumers have lost money every year. Well, in Singapore, fraudulent financial charges are estimated to cost the average Singaporean at least a thousand US dollars a year. So it is it is a growing problem and um, banks need to factor that into their compliance planning and how they respond because um, in a lot of jurisdictions, including in Singapore and Hong Kong, there are regulatory requirements around the protection of vulnerable consumers. And as sort of digital transformation kind of changes the fraud landscape, the definition of who is a vulnerable consumer is also changing as well. Absolutely, Helen. Now on the scams front, We've seen these high numbers of things like the Tinder swindlers and types of scams, romance scams, operating out of countries such as Cambodia and others, where there's a real industrial scale where we see these boiler rooms set up to deceive the credulous romantic. How is this shaping up as an issue for banks globally, especially with banks being subject to consumer protection regulations and also the broader issue of reputational risk management for banks. So the the scams operating out of syndicates in Cambodia, that has other sort of risks that are now attached to it. Um, according to quite a few news reports, um, there have been 
people living in Asia who have been sort of lured with promises of false jobs, and then they find themselves um, detained and, and forced to work in these scam compounds. So this actually raises a human trafficking and a money laundering issue for banks that they also have to be aware of, in addition to um, being vigilant of uh potential clients that could fall victim to these scams. So some major concerns there, and certainly on the reputational side, uh, we've seen credit card phishing scams and and other issues becoming more common in Hong Kong, which seems to be, uh, you know, with these credit card point scams, it's like a newer version of bank password phishing scams with some cross-jurisdictional syndicates involved there. Can you provide an insight into what's happening here? So there's a few sort of emerging scams um, that have been reported in Hong Kong. As you mentioned, the points redemption scam is one. Uh, it's basically a phishing hyperlink that's sent out to bank customers either by text message or by email and uh, with a statement stating that their points are about to expire. Please click the link to redeem. So the link is it's just like a classic phishing scam where the link goes to a fraudulent site and and the would-be victim is asked to enter their credit card information, which is then used to um, carry out credit card fraud, often in quite large sums. So in addition to this uh, sort of similar is the online shopping scam where it's a fraudulent e-commerce platform, again, also advertised um, through text message, which is quite popular in Hong Kong or promoted through social media. Um, and again, these sort of fraudulent e-commerce platforms are just fronts for uh, credit card phishing sites. So the message, as always, seems to be that the uh, motivation behind criminal scams is ever increasing and that the ingenuity of fraudsters to stay ahead of the typologies that people are aware of is, is just never ending. That's absolutely fascinating. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. So now there, there seems to be more pressure on banks themselves to cover the cost of consumer mistakes, whether it be from falling victim to these scams or from endpoint hacks, which is where a lot of uh, online crime in the cyberspace occurs with unsecure endpoints. Uh, and, and also with customer losses, we're seeing, particularly in countries like Australia, where you have strong consumer protection, that people are really uh, pushing for their banks to compensate them in cases where it's it's arguable whether the bank has any liability. Is this situation sustainable, do you believe? So I think that the question of whether banks should either cover the cost of um, cybercrime or reimburse customers, that's, that's quite a complicated question. You're right in that Australia and a lot of other jurisdictions like Singapore and Hong Kong have um, complicated sort of consumer protection requirements, um, but they sort of differ across jurisdiction. And sometimes the issue of seeking compensation, it's not that straightforward. There's sort of a lot of conditions or it's a very lengthy process. Um, so I think that all factors into the current situation of just consumers or, or victims of cybercrime trying to get compensation, encountering difficulties, um, 
and then banks on the other hand also pushing back to say that you know they shouldn't be liable for any and all types of cyber crime losses um as you mentioned sort of especially the ones that that are due to carelessness on the part of the end user um those can be particularly contentious we've we've seen a lot of this as well in the commercial space where businesses might fall victim to these scams and then and then claim on insurance but sadly in many cases the length of time taken for an insurance claim to be approved uh, can be such that the business has gone under during the time of waiting for that claim. So there's some huge challenges out there. And it really comes back to the importance of people being aware uh, and, and, and remaining on top of things themselves and also the role of banks and finance companies, I think, in educating their customers. So if we look at another case study in Europe, Helen, there's, there's been some press in the UK about a British bank denying customers the right to refunds from unauthorised credit card payments. Could this be a springboard for compliance best practice in dealing with customers who are victims of cybercrime? How do you think this will play out? So this is quite a coincidence, Nathan, because in Hong Kong recently, uh, there were reports in local news of a bank that was denying customers compensation for credit card fraud. I think that banks generally want to be quite cautious in this area um, because of all the regulatory requirements around the protection of financial consumers. In particular, also the protection of vulnerable consumers is something that has been receiving a lot of attention from regulators and there have been enforcement actions in this area in various various, um, jurisdictions, I think Hong Kong and also Canada, uh, the UK as well. Very interesting. So it's a fraught landscape out there, a lot of moving parts, and it really highlights the importance of staying informed, staying compliant and staying safe out there in the business world. And Helen, thank you for joining us today and sharing your insights so that our clients can really be at the cutting edge of this issue. Thanks, Nathan. Until next time, thanks for joining us on Compliance Clarified. We'll see you next week. Compliance Clarified. A podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence.